Glory Days in association with Revive Active, the super supplement. Available at select health food stores and pharmacies and on reviveactive.com. And the Adi O'Loken comes through on that, but it's still Leinster ball on the 10 metre line. Last play, Connacht lead by 10 points. Edinburgh had a margin with 30,000 people in the city today. But I don't think any of them will run as fast as the Connacht players onto this field. Leinster have almost knocked it on. Fitzgerald keeps possession. Sexton keeps going. Leinster keep going. O'Halloran gets across. A little kick of the feet from Kirshner. A chip and chase. It'll be touched into touch. It's all over. Connacht are Guinness Pro 12 champions. They have done it in the most spectacular of fashion. And the final score is Connacht 20, Leinster 10. Welcome to Craig Island Rugby. The Welsh edition. The Edinburgh edition. The St. Stephen's Day edition. The Leinster edition. The Osprey's Home edition. The Siberia edition. Treviso edition. The Grenoble edition. The final. Tyrion Halloran, man and match, first game of the season. That's not a bad start. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a good way to start. Um, again, it was, it was a long pre-season, but it was a good one and everyone was really looking forward to it. And I think we we're kind of bouncing. Everyone's ready to go and get stuck in the first game. And, you know, we, we got the win, which is the most important thing. A couple of things to work on. But um, as I said, personally, I kind of was happy enough with my performance um, and we got the, got the win as well. The 2015-16 Pro 12 season began for Connacht on September 4th with a win at home to the Newport Gwent Dragons. It was going to be a long season, which was disrupted by the World Cup and the long-haul travel to Russia for the European Challenge Cup. Connacht started brightly and lost only one of their first seven matches. Kind of as we were pre-season was going on, uh, the fixtures were released, and um, we had a, a, quite a few tough games, but also those games that we tagged in. We said that there's definitely a game or two here that we can pick up on the road, um, and the fact that the World Cup was on as well in September, and teams are going to be missing their their big international players. So um, I think we we picked up a, f- a few like our first time over in Ospreys winning over there. That was a massive win for us. I think that really set the tone for the season as well. Um, also Glasgow away, very tough place to go, but. We had a tough game over there and we, last minute I think we, we kind of gave it away, gave away a penalty and, and they got a win. Uh, but picking up a bonus point there gave us gave us big confidence and then I think we just kept on winning our home games as well and I suppose after those first couple, five or six games after the World Cup we were around top of the table or around, around that part so um, that gave us massive confidence going forward and we kind of realised that you know if we can keep this going we've got something special going. Talk to me about the win. Great win. Uh, totally unexpected. I had I had Ospreys to win by 11. Oh, there you go. Honesty as well off the top. William Davis, welcome along. What a win for Connacht. Yeah, great win. Totally unexpected. I suppose law of averages dictates you have to win one sometime. Uh, but that really wasn't the obvious sometime. Uh, really good performance. Uh, probably the right time to get the Ospreys. They've made a terrible start to the season. And they were ripe for a job to be done on them. But you didn't expect Connacht to do it, but they did. The reason why myself and yourself both said uh, when we were on Galway BFM that this was a massive victory is because these are the games we weren't winning last year. We weren't finishing strongly in them. It does feel like one of the bigger Pro 12 wins we've had in the Pat Lam era. Probably the biggest. Yeah, and it's it's lost because of the World <coughs> Cup to some extent. I mean, we, we sort of watched it and said it was great and then moved on to the semi-final, but it actually is a, a very serious win. It's Look, 
The difference between 6th and 7th and 8th is probably going to be 5 or 6 points. Dave, Ulster, Munster and Leinster are going to finish ahead of us one way or another. They always do and it's far too soon for us to start finishing ahead of them. Have the Ospreys become the scarlet as the last year? Are they our biggest rivals for, for the top 6 along with Edinburgh? And Can, can I rule out can the trio? Can, can, can I make a If you're in a competition... You go to win that competition. I don't give a toss. We are looking at first place winning the competition. We'll worry about finishing sixth when we can't finish in the top four. Just uh, walking now outside the hotel here Friday evening going down to a local Italian pizza place. It must be minus 20. It's absolutely crazy. There's no doubt about it. This is the most surreal trip to the most surreal rugby match I think that's ever been played in professional rugby. It's um, it's quite mind-blowing, actually. I'm, I'm not quite sure that people have quite come to terms with it yet. Uh, it's like a skating rink walking here. The road's not too bad, but the footpaths have got quite deep snow on them. And more snow is forecast overnight. So it's uh, all part of this trip. It's been dominated a little bit by the weather. But in all honesty, that is the, the salient fact of it. And um, both sides tomorrow are going to be tested in ways they possibly have never been tested before, I would say. I appreciate that Krasnarsk are, or NSI, I should say, are a side uh, that this is their hometown, but they don't play rugby in these conditions normally. Did you go to Russia? No, I didn't. I was actually meant to go to Russia. I was meant to start over there, but I think I picked up an injury on the Monday, something, a small niggle or something, not on purpose. I suppose the, the week leading up to Russia... Um, it was kind of a bit of a strange, and we actually came in here. I think at about five or six in the morning to do training sessions to try get on the on the time on the time zone over there. You know, we changed things up a bit that week, and lads were kind of a bit reluctant, maybe a bit like oh, we don't know what we're going into here. And um, I know a few lads weren't looking uh, looking forward too much to the the cold weather, so it was definitely something different. And um, us lads that ended up not going, we were kind of laughing a bit, being like, "Oh, the lads are now going over to Russia, be freezing cold and all that." But then the way it turned out, I think the lads really enjoyed themselves. Um, unfortunately we were left at home with hardly any players left to do training sessions um, but the way it, it worked out over there and they got their flights to lay but I think it brought everyone closer together as a squad and you could see that when we got back the following week everyone was in great form and people were buzzing and obviously it was a tough place to go and win as well and a new mm. experience So um, and it got plenty of game time for other lads as well so it was brilliant to see and I think again that was another stage that, that got, us, uh, got us going and, and another turning point for the squad a very good evening to you from Toman Park here in Limerick. The crowds uh, coming into the stadium still kick off in just a few seconds' time. Connacht have taken to the field, led by their captain John Muldoon. Munster await. What a big day this is! Before I give out the teams, Joe Healy, uh, Connacht for the first time ever face Munster in a Celtic League slash Pro 12 game when they're ahead of them in the standings, top of the table against second. Yeah, top of the table clash, and there's a massive sense of expectation around the province for this one. Can Connacht break their duck in Toman Park? Can they finally come away? with the victory huge support down here as well and uh, a great sense of uh, anticipation for the game here this evening Rob yes! 79 minutes and 15 seconds Connacht win a turnover we've got a scrum on our own 22 
we are leading by six points oh my god the scrum is set again 80 minutes on the clock last play of the game but Munster put in a massive scrum the last time great scrum from Connacht Munster offside in the shape of Duncan Wales back it comes if he kicks this to touch Connacht a beaten Munster at Tobin Park for the first time since 1986 they stay top of the Pro 12 they've won eight games in a row sensational I mean yeah what's your initial reaction great win for Connacht Rugby great win for the fans mm. and a great win for a lot of players and I will particularly say for John Muldoon the captain who earlier this week at a press conference said that he got his first cap although it wasn't an official one because it was in a friendly against Munster and Tormund Park and he had never won there and I think for him and he said it was one of the things he would dearly love to do before he retired well he's not going to retire he says he's fit and he's going to continue while he still has love for the game which is great to hear but at least he has he, he has achieved that yeah the amazing thing is for the for the entire game but particularly the 10 minutes before his sinbin were for me and I've watched John Muldoon from the since the very beginning the greatest 10 minutes I've ever seen from John Muldoon he was inspirational Everybody outside of Connacht were kind of giving it the old, oh, this is Munster, it's Thoman Park, the hangover of the World Cup is over now, this is the time when Munster will start kicking on their season and we'll see how Connacht do. And I think we opened a few eyes, it was live on Sky Sports, um, maybe the local competitions or whatever you want to call them weren't getting as many viewers because of the World Cup being on and suddenly all the attention was back on the Pro 12 again and um, I think we opened a few eyes that day and there was a bit of kind of shock in the in the dressing room or I'm sorry not in the dressing room in the media conference that day they were kind of looking at us going woof and a few journalists including yourself were saying um, Connacht are different this year and I think there was a sense of geez, what the hell's happening here but we had been building that for over a year and we knew what we wanted to do um, and we didn't have a perfect performance in Munster but we knew we could beat them down there and I think we took people by a sense of shock and um, maybe my exuberance and confidence was to try and show that there's this is a different Connacht um, little did I know a few months later we'd have won the shagging thing but yeah look it's good the World Cup impacted on the fixture list for the season, meaning that Connacht had to play 16 straight weeks of rugby before a break. This long run took its toll on the squad and defeats began to mount through December and January. That We knew that Christmas was going to be um, a, a really tough, um, tough schedule and we got a few injuries in the middle of it which um, put us on a little bit on the back foot with a couple of big injuries in the middle of that obviously Robbie got injured I think uh, we got a few second rows injured as well and we had a few little so it put a bit of strain on our squad but um, a few young lads stepped up again and did well what are your, your thoughts on, on what should be an exciting game? Yeah, I think we should say a very happy Boxing Day to our Ulster fans as well. Just you know, to keep the balance. Absolutely. Keep the balance. Um, lots of them come down the motorway because I came down from Dublin today and there was a few, a few Ulster fans in the car, so hopefully they'll make plenty of noise. One of my thoughts, oh, tough game. This was a defining fixture last year. Glasgow, Ospreys, Ulster. Those three fixtures last year were re-realised despite all our progress. Oh, there's another level and we're not there yet. This is the form side in the Pro 12 based on coming out of Europe, this Ulster side. And I think this is a real marker. Barama if you like for we came down uh, home to play Ulster which have um, always been big battles at home and um, a low scoring affairs and um, <coughs> I think they scored in the 78th minute and it didn't give us a chance to go back up and score uh, I think we'd won our attacking opportunity and um, we just 
we didn't get a, really a chance and when you're in a game like that and it's whatever three all or whatever the case may be and they scored a try to make it I think 8-3 the final score was and when you don't give yourself a chance to score late you're always coming into the last five minutes thinking oh this is a dangerous position to be in or whatever that feels like a big defeat it feels like a real momentum stopper you know yeah right you win in Munster but you've got to win these kind of tight games when they're there to be won I know Ulster on paper have beaten Toulouse over the last couple of weeks and look strong but still today was there for the taking it was it means three defeats in four if oh, yeah. we lose in Leinster it's four and five if we lose over in Scarlets it's five and six and all of a sudden the great momentum from early season has gone yeah but one defeat shouldn't do that though it's not do one you know, defeat it's okay. three and four and all that three and four are you going to count last week in yeah. Newcastle yeah. really yeah, yeah. yeah he well, has a point that's, that's an I irrelevant would. defeat because really. I, I wouldn't yeah. but the Cardiff one and this one yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have sent a team over to Newcastle <laughs> last week to be honest with you then you're looking at two and two then yeah. Yeah. no no that's, oh, that's it two God. and two you're looking at two in a row in the pro 12 <laughs> yeah no no fair enough but I, I, I'm not I'm not going to go doom with loom if you look at the table let's look at the table tonight so we're uh, one point off the, off the top um, top province in the country how are you balancing the fact that you say at the start of the podcast no. it's a sickening blow? It is It is a sickening blow. It felt like a really bad one, but I wouldn't put all doom and gloom on it yet. Mm. If the wind was taken out of an awful lot of attacks through poor passing tonight, and if they can rectify that, which I'm sure they will be doing during the week, then then we're going we're gonna to see something else. Yeah, look, it was disappointing, but at the same time we knew if we... If if we had played to our ability and we made a few mistakes that day and we ironed out a few things, um, I think that was a big thing. Each time we made mistakes, we learned from them and moved on. But I've been asked a couple of times, and I think one of the big key turning points was the fact that we finished on a win against Scarlets at home. Yeah. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves in here to save within the squad and the manager put a bit of pressure on us uh, to win. But um, I think that was a big a big turning point because we knew we had a bit of a break to refresh everybody and we knew that there was um, four winnable games or five winnable games around the corner um, I think what materialised is I think we won four or five I can't remember how many it was on the bounce with bonus points and that really set us up for the year so um, it was good not to panic and to see us coming out at the end with that very important win points to 17 we stopped them getting a bonus point and we got one ourselves great result absolutely great result uh, very much needed got a little bit tricky there at the end but they were well enough organised and they can enjoy a little break now and move on to the Dragons this game is now over you've got your points you move on great stuff we'll chat in a while that was the best home game of the season William Davis yep it was uh, it was a good win uh, it was needed uh, they did a good job, and they need to uh, kick on from that now. They've got a little break, and they need to get going again. William's been introduced already in this podcast. Lindley McKenzie hasn't. Lindley, uh, as good an atmosphere as I can remember in a Pro 12 game, not, a, not an inter-pro anyways. Uh, it was incredible. It was hopping towards the end. The crowd really had a sense from the very get-go how important this game was. 
Yeah, it was an exciting way to finish this 16 match run. I mean, it's been very long and very difficult for the squad, which, as we know, is, is, is a small squad. And despite all the adversities, despite the injuries that they've had, just going through to the quarterfinals of the European Cup to finish against the Scarlets who were top of the table at home with a bonus point win is an incredible and it's well deserved and credit to all of them. There's a real opportunity for Connacht now and this young team could get to maybe a playoffs but certainly a top six. Well they've been able to test themselves against against these teams while they're maturing and while they're growing up. It's giving them confidence because they are winning and I, th- I think you're seeing the benefits of Pat Lamb having been in situ for three seasons with this young group of players who ha- he has been bringing on. I think there's a hell of a lot more to come from this team. I think it's it's so close to being a very good team. Probably needs a few more experienced heads in it at certain times. But it's but it's certainly exciting times. What do you think? How far can Connacht go? Can they go top four? Do you think this Connacht team in the current situation is capable of going top four? I think it's a bit like, can they win the Challenge Cup? Yes, they can, if everything goes right. I mean, we're going to have teams that, you know, towards the end of the season are going to have all their players back that are experienced. Connor is still a small squad. We have to accept that. And it's, 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 it's probably going to turn out like cup final days, I think. Can Connor do it? You know, I think we have to look at incremental steps, slowly, slowly steps, baby steps. You know, the aim this year is to get into the Champions Cup. I think that is a realistic aim. I'd be extremely happy if they did that. Then let's move on as that team gets older, as we get a few extra players in. Then we can move on, I think, look at top four semi-finals title. Happy enough with top six this year. Glory Days in association with Revive Active, the super supplement. Available at select health food stores and pharmacies and on reviveactive.com. Despite the defeats over the Christmas period, Connacht remained in the top four. Yet as February came upon us, they faced into a final run of ten games that included three interprovincials, a trip to Grenoble and a clash against the reigning champions Glasgow to finish the campaign. Cracknell crashes it up 11 metres inside the Connacht half Osprey's ball they need to respond to that try from Matt Healy if they don't and if Connacht score next they might be out the gate Connacht that's something because this is a great Osprey side who've just carved another opening wonderful rugby from the Welsh boys they've got it back inside super hands to Reese Webb he's going to go in under the post what a try from the Ospreys that's fantastic Jeff Hessler with their first break really good hands a lovely piece of play from Matt Avisi to link up with Webb they're in under the post this game is phenomenal when the Ospreys have the ball they look brilliant when Connacht have the ball they look brilliant this is a cracking game but it's going to be a very hard one to win it's going to be a very difficult game to win. You feel at the way it's going, um, it's just going to come down to who makes the least mistakes because uh, any time Connor cough up the ball, the Ospreys are punishing them. There's no doubt about that. We're top of the league again, and we denied Osprey's a bonus point. What a game of rugby. And we've also now got a 50% season. We've won our 11th game. Never done that before. Just an amazing game and a fabulous performance. Dave, what a win! 
Oh, that was fun. Wasn't that everything? Wasn't that everything you want in your team? Good, but mixing the good, the bad, the fun, the fun, the terrifying, and coming out with a win, and you stop them getting any points. William Summit, a rugby played by both sides, was some of the best rugby I can ever remember. Here, it was some amazing stuff. It was brilliant. It was high speed, entertaining, high risk. Both sides going for it. Great self belief and conviction in everything they did. Uh, certainly as good a game as I've seen here in quite a long time it flowed at a good pace and uh, they came away with nothing which is exactly what we wanted we got four points and uh, they got none it's not just about winning it's about the performance and Pat always says if you get the performance you'll get the win so they don't want to slacken off they need to continue and that you know as you know, you can see it today, that confidence is just growing and growing and growing because they know how to play good rugby now and they can play good rugby. You really heard that in Bundy's interview as well, a lot of confidence in this team. Um, I think we took every game as much as we can. I think we had a mentality of every game, uh, try and get five points. You know, if you can't get five points, then you've got four points to fall back on. Mm. You know, if you get those five points and stuff like that and win, everything falls into place. And a lot of games that came down to it, um, boys stuck to their guns and try and throw the ball around as much as we can. And obviously a showcase towards the end of the season. And um, it shows how much confidence we have in ourselves to be able to throw the ball around and be able to stick to our guns and be able to trust our system and what we do throughout the whole year. I suppose you look at Nee like a couple of years ago coming from club rugby he was he was pretty raw and he was he was very light I think he was maybe 79 kilograms or something like that coming in um, so he had a lot of work to do in the gym but you know he's one of the strongest guys in the gym now at the moment he's you know he's really bulked up and um, his speed is is pretty incredible it's it's something to behold when he gets going you know he, nobody will catch him so um, it's exciting and he's worked the thing is he works hard on it as well you know and, and I think that's what brought us better like got us better as a squad as well these guys really you know pushing each other and guys like Finley as well Finley Beelham and, and Olton like you know Olton was playing club rugby a year and a half ago and now he's got plenty of Irish caps so um, these guys working hard and, and coming into training with plenty of confidence and it shows on the pitch you know that they're willing to have a go whereas in the past Nee would have been very reluctant to cut, try and take a guy on the outside whereas now you know he's, he'll go either way and he'll, he'll gas you as well so um, it's great it's great for us and it's going to benefit us as well OK, William, it's 60 minutes and Leinster are starting to unload the bench. It's seven points to three. It's going to be a tight finish. Oh, it's very tough. Connacht have had the ball there for three minutes. I'd say they went through 20 phases and they lost about 12 yards. It's just going over and back the pitch. It's almost impossible to kick with the wind, so when you're playing into it, but the bench now starting to empty, 7-3. It's going to be a tough ask from here. They, we, we had a chance down in the corner there off a line-out and we made a ball of it and that's good you know, that could have been the game it's that tight yeah I, I'm not sure we're going to win it we had our chance and we didn't take it um, and you look at that look at the quality that they're coming on it's going to be a, a pretty tight last 20 minutes Okay, William, 7-6, the final score, unbelievable. That's just an amazing game, an amazing performance by Connacht. I'm so proud of them tonight. They, um, I don't really know how they won that game other than through sheer guts and determination. They were put up to it. Leinster emptied their international bench. They just made tackles. 
and made tackles and as I've come in here for 42 years and I don't think I've ever seen a die on your shields performance like that by Connacht and I've seen some good ones that was a stunning performance uh, it shows we belong at this position in the league we have grown into it and the rest of this season is, is only to be enjoyed oh yes and now we're going to enjoy tonight <laughs> we'll talk in a little while in doubt I gave it a 98% chance of a Leinster win when that second scrum was being well not 98 but I was kind of if you had well, yeah, 80-20 yeah. at least I think I was more concerned around turning around at half time yeah were you that yeah uh, no I, I wasn't yeah, I mean I was more concerned with um, but I think within about 10 minutes Connacht had just kept the ball in hand and just were I, I, I thought they were actually amazing in the, better in the second half playing with the ball in hand than they were in the first half. There were so many knock-ons in the first half, yeah. quite uncharacteristic. Um, but in the second half, I thought they just, you know, they just dug in and they kept the ball. And I thought they were absolutely amazing, playing with huge spirit. And you know, at the end of the day, and skill. And, and, and skill. And at the end of the day, all Leinster did in that second half was play four minutes in the Connacht half. Yeah. That's all. And they certainly did not deserve to get a try. No. From it. No, so no, I think no. at the end of the day, it was it was a fair a, a fair reward for a really gutsy, hard effort. When you win a game, a tight game like that, you just knows that um, like when a team of fifteen stick together and a team of twenty three stick together, um, you know anything you know you can go a long way. And when boys believe in each other, then you know that's all that matters really. Um, and it just shows how much hard work the boys do and um, to be able to hold them off. Yeah. Connacht have time to save this. Nine minutes. Yep, they got to they got to keep it steady. They got to get organised now, and they got to be accurate. They might. They're going to get one more chance in this game, I think, and they're going to have to take it when it comes, whether it's a kick. Devastating sin bin period cost Connacht fourteen points. Wesineski is the best kicker I've seen all season. Penalty to Connacht Grenoble after feed on the restart on the edge of the twenty-two. A stunned crowd, and Connacht get a chance to go in front. John Cooney. The replacement scrum half. <laughs> Where's that quiet crowd we were talking about? Yeah, for kids? It's gone now. It's gone now. I think, I think John Cooney at the start of the season might have been about ninth in the pecking order of kickers. He now places himself in front of a kick just inside the 22, six metres to the right of the sticks. Connick back in front. Cooney! Oh, he likes it! Connick have got it! Connick are back in front! 73rd minute! And they've answered Grenoble. They just will not go away. This is an amazing game of rugby. My God, my heart. I don't know if my heart's going to be able to handle much more of this. It's just not on. It's about five, six minutes since the game is finished, and Grenoble have won by one single point. They're getting, they're just finishing their lap of honour. What a game of rugby, William! Yeah, it was a brilliant game of rugby. There's a bit of a feeling of emptiness at the end of it. Uh, 
Connacht contributed so much to it. Because unfortunately the 14 points in the yellow card absolutely killed us. We had the game nearly won, um, but they took that chance and then we kicked the penalty to go in the lead and a beautifully worked drop goal by uh, Grenoble to win it. Tough night, they're going to have to recover very quickly from that. Yeah, just going to say, I'm going to shoot down and get some interviews now, but um, yeah, gut feeling is you can't ask for any more from them. Didn't really have an out half on maybe to get a drop goal at the end. Could have got someone to try it, but sure, I mean, we'd be criticising them if they made a hash of it, why didn't you just go for a try? I can't, I can't find any criticism. What a shootout, Bernard. Was, was that everything you, that everything you expected? Uh, listen, I think that um, Connacht aren't a team who are well-known in, in France, but I think tonight the match was live on, on free to air, France 4. Um, tonight they showed France and probably the rest of Europe what we saw when we analysed them. Um, they're a team who have made a massive amount of progress uh, for a young side. I think their team are growing, the team who believe in what they're, they're trying to achieve and uh, I feel, I'm really sorry that we won tonight I'm very happy for us but I feel that uh, if Connacht had won the game there'd be absolutely no regrets on my part I'm, I admire good rugby so when I see Connacht playing um, and I know they don't have the resources that the others have um, but if young players I, Matt Healy was in uh, DCU and he played games for me in DCU and imagine how good he, like, he was scoring 3 or 4 tries a game but he was a guy who was lost and now he's he was outside the system and now he's a key man. You know what I mean? He was brilliant tonight. Our, all our players, the French guys, are saying, who's that guy, Matt Healy? Because we said he hasn't played much of full-back. You know, potentially we can target that. Guys like Nihi as well, you know, he was out of the system. Now they're, they're viable candidates in some stage to potentially be Irish players. Uh, and Connacht themselves are they're viable candidates for a trophy. You know what I mean? Uh, OK, the Challenge Cup this year is gone for them, but... No one would want to play against them in, in, I, I don't think, in, in the locker stages. You know, I wouldn't like to play against them again anyway. Munster are here at the sports ground chasing top six rugby for Champions Cup qualification, chasing uh, top four if all goes well for them in the final couple of games and trying to uh, upset Connacht here today. The desperation levels, we're told, are higher in Munster than they are in Connacht as the West Wing blares out to this sold-out crowd. A big Munster support here. Do you buy that? Do Munster want this more from the outset? No, no question about it. Munster are really, really hurting. Mm. Uh, they won't be used to the levels of criticisms they've, criticism, excuse me, they've been receiving during the course of the season. Anthony Foley perhaps feeling under a wee bit of pressure as well. And that filters down no matter how hard one tries. That does filter into the squad. And that's uh, bad news in some respects for Connacht because a Munster team with their backs to the wall are a very, very dangerous outfit. Here's the line out, they've won it. And they're trying to go towards the line off the side of it. They've got that mall rolling. Connacht get a counter shove. Munster over, they've scored. Try for Munster. I'm telling you, this is some statement from this young Munster side. Johnny Holland with the conversion attempt. 25th minute of the first half. Munster lead 12, 6 for now. If Holland gets this, it's a two score lead. Big statement again. Way out on the right hand side with the left foot. 14 points to 6. It's 20 points to Connacht, 14 to Munster, and Munster down to 13 men for at least two more minutes. Yeah, it's been an incredible half. Seemed to pass by in a flash. Um, Connacht just keep doing what they do. They've brilliant passing the ball out of defence. They didn't panic when they went 14-6 down. They've tightened up in the last 20 minutes. They've absolutely owned the game. 
I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen in the second half. I don't actually think you can call it. It's just, uh, it's another mad adventure. Bananas, game. Brilliant, but bananas. Okay, William, 72 minutes. Connacht lead, 32-14. This is done and dusted. It's done and dusted. Bonus point territory. It's just an incredible performance. Winning all the contacts. Now Munster look a bit bedraggled, to be honest with you. We've just got to run this down for the next eight minutes. Something I've never, ever seen in a game against Munster. It's, uh, it's quite a night. It certainly is. Major statement made tonight. Major. Three wins of the last four now against Munster. Considering before then there was one win, one draw and 22 defeats. These are, these are good times. All these milestones just stacking up, aren't they, Rob? I mean, first time we've beaten Munster home and away. One milestone ticked off. But, of course, the most important one, of course, is the Champions Cup qualification. And I think to do it with two games to go, to do it at home, to do it against a fellow province was just absolutely extraordinary and it was the best thing that all supporters could hope for. Glory Days in association with Revive Active, the super supplement. Available at select health food stores and pharmacies and on reviveactive.com. Welcome to Craggell and Rugby, the final game of the season edition. Well, the final league game of the season. We still have a semi-final to play, William. What are your thoughts now as we get close? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit quiet here. It has been, I think. I think the fact that we're actually in the semi-final means that this game is a hard read for people. Um, because maybe they don't realise how important this home semi-final is. But 12 out of 12 is some record in six years in home semis for the home team. So the atmosphere is a little bit underwhelming but I think once the game gets going because there's a huge crowd in here the terraces behind the goals are full and so are the stands it's, I mean this place is going to be bouncing McCartney to throw into a Connick line out 10 metres from the Glasgow line first visit to the 22 for Connick the ball comes down and the mall is set and now they're trying to spin off it and go towards the Glasgow line Glasgow trying to pull that down penalty time still they're on their feet though Connick they can make something of it so they're going to use this play Marmion looks for the flat pass to McGinty the offload Athi he's nearly in he's touching it off the post it's a try brilliant from Athi absolutely outstanding from Connick 18 minutes gone 5 minutes Okay, William, half time, 7 0. I'm not sure Glasgow know what's hit them. I don't think they've, they've, they've haven't had a game like this and I don't know how long. No, we've really got into their faces in the last 20 minutes and they've started making some errors. The intensity level has lifted and, as, as Alan just said, they, they, you know, they, they've been cruising along, although they have been winning and that, that's a great habit. Um, so far, I would say Connacht are reasonably pleased. They might want to be another score. We might start to struggle with a front row because Rodney's been on since the second minute and you know front rows are usually changed around. But at the moment, they're, they're, they're doing fine and intense, the, the intensity level, if they can keep it up, they've just got to stay in Glasgow's faces. Connacht just going to have to keep backing themselves now they've got to make this work they've dug a bit of a hole for themselves and uh, they just need to uh, dig their way out now I don't know sometimes seven all a win and you get a home semi-final you have an extra man there's 22 minutes left but anyways I'm being gifted a bit of a penalty well this is Connacht Noah this is the way (laughs) Muldowney some of us will take longer to get used to it than others I think Muldowney takes it in from the line out and Connick are going Glasgow trying to pull that down on Connick go Glasgow come in for the side there's the advantage Connick can have a free play a cross field kick from Shane O'Leary knee Adi and Tiernan O'Halloran going after brilliant try given Tiernan O'Halloran listen to that ball 
20 seconds left. We still have the ball, but we're still inside our own 22. And we've just got a penalty. God bless the crowd and God bless the sports ground because let's oh, face it, what an let's, yeah, I mean, it just makes such, such a huge difference. And I think that is so brilliant about the fact that we now have to, they're coming back here. Yes, we lose some of our advantage because, you know. They'll have a few more fans. Yes, and also they might be driven more as well as a result of, of today's loss. But the fact is we've, we have secured, we've gone this next step with another milestone for, for the season. And, you know, win or lose, we have, we have just surpassed ourselves this season. Sun is shining, bit of a breeze, possible chance of a shower, but it doesn't look like it looking at the blue sky we have here. This is exactly what we wanted, William. And yeah, this has a different feel. This is this is something much much bigger. We've had semi-finals of European games here before, but this has a different feel. This, there's a whole level of expectation here, and it's been driven by the fans, driven by the forums and the media. So by kickoff time, I'd say this place is going to be ready to explode. Aki acts as an out half with a lovely little grubber kick. Nia Diolokan onto that. Gets through the first bat, through the second bat. Nia Diolokan's going all the way in for a try. Wonderful. Wonderful try. Okay, William, it's 10 3 at half time to Connacht. What an amazing half of rugby. This is, uh, this is an epic, Alan. It's, uh, the physicality out there is absolutely staggering. And Connacht are driving them back, the tackles, some of the hits that are going in. They have three guys off. They've had to make three changes already. Should be a big help in the second half. We just have to keep doing what we're doing. The dream is still alive. Oh, this is the moment for Glasgow to get back in the game. It'll be a disaster if they don't. And they're over the line now with Nakawara. He's got the touchdown. Silence in the sports ground. I think he's got to try. They're going to the TMO, but I think he touched that down, Joe. 20 seconds to go. They've done this already this season on quite a few occasions. They need to do it one more time to get to the final. They need to go through two phases, I'd say. Maybe only one. Sean O'Brien goes to ground. Ball is there. Seven seconds. Five, four... They kick the touch. Connacht have won. They're going to the final. I'm not sure if it was John Mondon who mentioned it, but he he was talking about um, he he was talking about uh, the West Awake and the poignancy of it on this particular occasion. Nice. And yeah. he 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 mentioned it obviously in in relation to to Joe McDonough who. Um, sadly passed away uh, yes, last night and he just made the point that you know here was the West awake here in the sports ground today and he just said it was a very poignant moment for him yeah, as well and it comes from a hurling family and it means a hell of a lot to him as well and it was the first time the crowd joined in they yeah, haven't really. joined in all season and they joined in today and Joe McDonough is one of those stars of West of Ireland sport 
and here we are with a whole bunch of lads who's in it to Joe after these guys in rugby circles are going to be talked about in 50 years time oh, oh god yeah I mean it's, it's, it's when you achieve something for either in an extremely long time or for the first time those guys will be legends I mean there's no better way to commemorate a sporting legend in a, in a, in a place than to do something sporting and to commemorate them with that his most famous moment is actually off the pitch it is the singing of the West Awake in 1980 and I think it was poignant I think it was apt and I think in a tiny little way it may have inspired yeah I definitely think so We have to get on the road. What time is it, Alan? Uh, just gone 12. What time's the ferry? I don't know. <laughs> William, what time's the ferry? Ferry leaves at 3.30. <laughs> we have to check in by 3 o'clock. William, every time I mention ferry, your tone of voice goes down into kind of a, a defeated, disappointed man. What was it you said this morning? You were looking forward to doing some stuff in the airport uh, shop where you're going to get your lottery and stuff, and then you suddenly realise I'm not flying. Uh, yes, but I've managed to find a lotto here, so I've wasted a fiver the contribution to the government. Fair play, another tax. I'm starting the car. There it goes. All right. So, what time should we be in Edinburgh, William? Uh, roughly nine thirty tonight. So nine and a half hours to go. It only takes an hour on a plane. <laughs> you got through the ferry, William? Yes, yes. Got through the ferry and uh, all the driving. Uh, yeah, the ferry went better than I expected it to go. It's a bit different to the ferries I used to travel on when I was a child. Um, so that was, a, that was a long time ago, folks, in case you were wondering. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to go on the ferry again after the match. <laughs> we're in Café Rouge on Frederick Street, just off Princess Street. You can just see the castle coming through the mist Mizzle. Mizzle, as I've, I've heard it called over here, which is that mixture of mist and drizzle. Mm-hmm. Good description. A drick day here in uh, Edinburgh, as the late, great Bill McLaren might have said. It's not cold, but it's uh, it's a bit nasty. This morning, it was all about just getting around Goy Bay and laying out the, the big plans. Connacht Branch President Jerry O'Donnell from Ballina spoke to us. I'm with Connacht President Jerry O'Donnell here in Edinburgh. Jerry, the last time I interviewed you, we were standing on a street corner in Krasnorsk in Siberia. But we're here for a totally different reason now. We're 36 hours away or maybe a bit less from what is the biggest day in the history of Connacht rugby. And as president, how does that feel and what sort of a year has this built up to for you? William, it's absolutely an honour to be here today to represent all the rugby community throughout the West of Ireland, not just alone the senior players and senior followers and and all that. It's This is for everybody. It's been some year. Uh, it's been a rock and roll ride for all of us. I'm, I'm not sure any of us expected to get where we are now. How has it been for you? What, what have you been doing? Um, I travelled with the team yesterday and they're confident young bunch without being overconfident. They were just doing their everyday thing that they do every day of the week. So while it's just another game for them, it's at a higher level. 
and I have no doubt in my mind that they will win tomorrow um, and they will give it their best shot and make everybody west of the Shannon uh, so proud of them. I go into the dressing room with them before and after games in the sports ground in Galway. One of the great things is that the county flags of all the counties are there hanging up. Mayo, Roscommon, Leitrim, Sligo and Galway. And it is absolutely, it's inspiring to see. I think we can safely say tomorrow there... The roads in Connacht might be fairly quiet around about half five in the evening. I have no doubt. I, I, I work in the commercial world and a, even last Saturday um, when the kickoff was in Galway at five o'clock, um, I know rural towns and villages just emptied. People feel a connect. And it's like in every sport, um, they want to be part of a winning team and there's nothing wrong with that. But definitely this weekend, um, the pubs will fill and the shops will empty. And I'd say there will be a few <coughs> church services probably postponed or delayed to, uh, to get the end of this game. And it's, it's just fantastic to be part of it. Welcome to the balcony behind the commentary area, which is a sea of green and blue, but the blue being outnumbered, I'd say, by about four or five to one. And you can hear the field starting to be belted out. The pipers are piping the Connacht coach as it comes down to the team entrance area here. Eddie the Eagle is whipping up the Connacht fans. He's been uh, engaged in a little bit of banter with uh, Leo the Lion. And now the bus just starting to come down here. A large round of applause. There are hundreds and hundreds of Connacht fans here. Quite an amazing sight. The pipe band almost being drowned out. The bus making its way very, very slowly down, being just brought into its parking area. Joycey, the kit man there, he's pushing it into position. players just starting to disembark Pat Pat Lamb is the first off, listen to the cheer for Pat Lamb the players coming off starting to take their kit out of the bus to go inside Connacht in the home changing room here, the Scotland changing room that's why they arrived after Leinster who arrived about 7 or 8 minutes ago to a much more muted reception Although they did get a good cheer from the Connacht fans. Would you believe we're ready to go, Joe? Leinster against Connacht. Johnny Sexton has the ball in his hands. And we look out from the main west stand here in Murrayfield. Leinster will play from left to right in all white. And Matt Healy gets up and touches that ball back. Tom, Tom McCartney touches it with his foot and controls it. Leinster in over the ball. Great start for Leinster. They've got the turnover they wanted to start this game. Can they strike early? Okay, William. Eleven minutes and seventeen seconds on the clock. It's been uh, it's been pretty breathless, really. Um, more more Leinster than Connacht at this stage, but Connacht did make a good break. Yeah, we started off a little bit nervously, and we maybe we're still not quite up to the pace of the game. Johnny Sexton has way too much time. He's putting in very clever kicks, just short of the twenty-two. He's he's making our defenders work very hard to get the ball. Um, they've probably been making a little bit more yardage as well, but nil-nil. Yeah, 
they're winning a lot of the contacts at the moment and they're rooking they're rooking is phenomenal so we need to um, see if we can slow that ball down Matt Healy has come across from the left wing to tidy things up on the right hand side by fielding this kick and running it back to the 10 metre line Tiernan O'Halloran is outside him but Healy says I'm just going to try and go through the gap he does that he stays as on his feet wonderful balance from Matt Healy as he takes up to the 10 metre line and presents the ball well a great work from Finley Beelan to keep him moving Tiernan O'Halloran he might go inside O'Halloran all the way try time beautiful okay William just coming up to 20 minutes and Connacht leads 7-0 well, the first 10 minutes was Leinster's. The last uh, 10 minutes has been Connacht's. They've got their game plan. They've got it moving. And it's getting the ball wide. Adge McGinty running the game. But it's it's Matt Healy and Nia Adialokum scaring the bejesus, if I can say that on this programme, out of the Leinster defence just by running hard straight lines. Fabulous try by Tiernan O'Halloran. And uh, we're, in, we're back in business now. We've got our game going. We certainly do. We'll talk in a few minutes. The kick downfield from Redden. It's a high Gary Owen and a bit of pressure on Healy. No pressure on Healy as he takes it well. His jersey's ripped as well. He's passed it infield to O'Halloran. He was tackled as he got that away. Not easy. Henshaw, a lot of work to do. Henshaw holds off one, two. What an offload. O'Halloran, bring it offload. Aki throws it back in field. Mermin does very well. Here's Adi Alokin now. Chip from Adi Alokin. He's running after it. He touches it all with his foot. Adi Alokin what a fantastic try from Adi Aloka. Nothing on, but he put the chip through. You could see he was being held back. He couldn't get his hands to it, so he kicked it on again. Backed his pace, gets the touchdown. Fantastic. Uh, William, it's 15-0. We're dominating the game in practically every aspect. Maybe not the scrum. They're getting a couple of penalties from scrum. But other than that, this is, this is all about Connacht. Absolutely, Alan. It's all about Connacht. You keep expecting Leinster to fire themselves up or something, and they, they just haven't. Uh, they look so laboured when they have the ball. They're just shoveling it on. I don't know what they'll do at half-time, but Connacht are just going to keep doing what they've been doing. The, the system, the process. Pat Lamb skipped down the steps there into the dressing room for a few tweaks, no doubt. Um, they're 40 minutes away. They... You've got to feel that Leinster are going to come back at some stage here. They, I mean, they're a champion side, but Connacht are just all over them. You know, they're, they're, they're that bit quicker all the time to every situation. Yeah, it's it, we're winning after, after that first 10 minutes when it took us a few minutes to get into the game. We've just dominated this game. The crowd, the, the stadium erupts every time we get the ball because they think something's going to happen. And for the most part, it, it seems to happen. This is just, you know, this, this is just incredible. That's all I can say. It's incredible. All right, Joe, we're just talking here. 15 nil to Connacht. Team's up back on the pitch. I'm going to say it to you. If we were neutrals at home watching a game like this where we want Irish rugby to go, the green team is the team that we'd want to win this game because they're playing that kind of rugby that's the future of rugby, whereas the, the, the team in white are just trying to rely on their scrum and hard work. There's no, absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and we, you know, we're not being biased when we say that. Clearly, we're from Connacht and we love Connacht. But any neutral watching this game of rugby, and I've been speaking to one or two, a couple of ex-Irish internationals who are, who are here with other networks and so on, and they're absolutely ecstatic yeah. about the rugby they're seeing. Yeah. And I suppose we're trying to rein in what we believe is our own natural bias yes. and not to go too crazy about it. We do have to recognise as well, and we must recognise that Leinster have huge quality in their side. They have massive quality on their bench as well, we, we, we know, um, more so perhaps than Connacht do. So we, we, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. OK, William, it's 52 minutes. We've just survived a, an onslaught from Leinster and are now on the attack. 
It's 15-3. They've got one penalty back. We still have the ball. Yeah, Connacht got themselves out of a bit of a jam there. And uh, I don't know if we're still playing advantage here. If it is, it must be the longest in history. So I'm assuming he's called it over. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're back in business. We're outside there, the, the, the 22. Leinster had a big chance there and fluffed it. Yeah, if we can survive these scrums, I think we'll win this game. Go on. McCartney through the gap. Tom McCartney. Open territory. He's going for the line. Tom McCartney. Has he got a down? He stopped inches short. One more pass might do it. No try, I think, from our angle. Held up. Held up. Five yards scrub to Connacht. Oh, my word. What a break that was from the 22. Yeah, once we get into open field play, we're, we're skinning them. And they really don't seem to know how to handle it. Their defensive line's just disintegrating. It's the same, it was the same in the first half. First 10 minutes, that is in a bit of trouble, and then we took off, and it's it's the same story again. Marmion, first receiver will be Muldoon, but Marmion tries to go himself. That's clever from Kieran Marmion. Quick ball might do it here. They're just a little bit slow at the base, though. Leinster want to play it, but they're offside if they do. So they can't and they don't. Henshaw goes back the way, a switch move. A kick through for McGinty. The chase, the try! Yes! We spoke about patience and composure. And my goodness gracious me, what about that from AJ McGinty? Nothing else on. A massive sequence of play where the defence was sucked up, brought up quite flat because Connacht were picking and driving and picking and driving. And then right at the right moment, a beautiful, deft little chip through by AJ McGinty, bounced on by that master poacher, Matt Healy. What a fantastic score. Here they go, McGrath. Sexton, out it comes, and Leinster surely have something on now. When are they going to convert one of these chances? Fitzgerald out to Heaslip, and Henshaw makes the tackle, but Connacht are only seven metres from their own line defending. Leinster ball, McGrath. Is this the moment that Leinster get their first try? They trail by 17 points, Tiernan O'Halloran still down, Connacht down to 14 men, and the crowd not happy. Here's the ball out wide, two passes, and Leinster are going to score. They've scored, they're in the corner. That's an excellent try from Leinster. They've been very, very patient. They eventually created the overlap. Sean Cronin gets in unopposed. He actually had a player outside him. Connacht simply ran out of numbers on the defensive line. And Leinster get the try they so desperately needed to get back into this game. 77 minutes, 54 seconds. Nigel Owens has just called a scrum about seven metres away from the Leinster line. He's let the clock keep running, which he doesn't normally do in these situations. It's now gone past 78 minutes. The score is 20 points to 10 to Connacht. This would take a miracle now for Leinster. Yeah, it would have to be something really peculiar. Connacht just uh, minutes or seconds away from glory. <laughs> Johnny Sexton has just thrown a forward pass on 79 minutes. Connacht are going to win. This is happening. We have a scrum. <laughs> I can't believe this. We have a scrum five metres from the Leinster line. It's now 79 minutes and 15 seconds. And Nigel Owens normally stops the clock for these scrums and he's just letting it run and run. We're now at 25 seconds. He's chipped ahead. This ball just has to go dead somewhere. There. Lovely to see all the wider squad and the uh, 
coaching staff all just stepping in at the back of the group here. It's wonderful for the folks at home if they could see this. Here we go. Scenes. Here we go. The trophy's about to be lifted. stand outside the back looking down on where the players come out and it's packed with Connick fans on the steps all the way up on both sides and around the barriers as the players come out there's Tom McCartney coming out to greet the fans the first of what should be some amazing scenes bemused security staff uh, now lining up to protect the uh, Connacht bus which is quite funny really because nobody's going to do anything to the Connacht bus Bundy has now peered out just listen to the noise for Bundy leaving now the celebrations are going on in the background and I'm with Stuart Barnes who is, was commentating today for Sky Television and sending in a column for the Sunday Times. Stuart, how did you enjoy that game? I loved it. Um, it's a cliche to talk about rugby romance, but I, I watched a Leinster team who played by numbers who have frustrated me all season, and against them I saw Pat Lamb's Connacht team who played with ambition. They didn't play perfect rugby, but it's very hard to play perfect rugby when you're that expansive. Uh, what they did achieve... Uh, under the pressure of a first ever cup final was an ability to outstrip Leinster wide um, to outthink them to play at a pace that was beyond them and you know uh, I, I think it's great for European rugby when you stop and look at what they've done because it tells us uh, it gives us a clue as to how we can compete with the Southern Hemisphere 
And the answer is extra pace, extra ambition and a lack of fear. Too often we equate international rugby and cup final rugby with doing nothing except squeezing the opposition. Leinster tried to do that and they got beaten. Um, uh, it's probably in Leo Cullen, who's a, a, a bright young coach, but he's a newcomer. It's probably in his influence to sit down and see what Pat Lamb did to him. I watched Exeter play Saracens beforehand, and Exeter, like Connor, played some great rugby this season. Um, but in the last couple of months, as they've got nearer titles, nearer uh, cup finals, they've closed their game up and they've kicked to the corner. They've got this great catch and drive game, but they've actually shrunk to that. And that's disappointing. And I think Rob Baxter will look at that and think we can't allow ourselves to be squeezed into that confine. Connacht did the exact opposite. They kept get they played wider and wider and wider. And you know, it's great to be able to say it's entertaining rugby for neutrals, and it's also winning rugby for teams. Leinster played slow rugby, therefore more tackles were made by Connacht, but they were easy tackles. Connacht played fast rugby. Therefore, Leinster made fewer tackles, but they missed a whole load more. And that's the difference between winning 2010 and losing 2010. The window's open there so people can hear you. It's not like we're in a conspicuous car to begin with. Not our windows, not our windows, front windows. Car, car, car flags will go flying. with Revive Active, the super supplement. Available at select health food stores and pharmacies and on reviveactive.com.